Welcome to episode six of The Drift, a Starfinder podcast, which is presented by NerdsOnEarth.com. This week, we talk about some of the newest Starfinder information that's been released, and especially about a recent meetup with Eric Mona, publisher of Paizo. All right, well, welcome everyone back to The Drift as we talk about Paizo's upcoming uh, Starfinder game. And this week, I'm joined again by Earth Nerd Clave. Hi, nerds. So, uh, it's been a while. We, we talked together in one of the earlier episodes of The Drift, and now there's been a lot more information released, a lot more things for us to kind of think about and talk about. And I thought maybe we would start with the offering that Paizo had for free role-playing game day, uh, which is now a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it was a great uh, product. So, I know you were able to pick up uh, Starfinder First Contact. Absolutely. Yeah, I went there right as it opened. Yeah, absolutely. Was there uh, my game shop early and uh, picked it up. It, it's pretty uh, remarkable product. Uh, I compared it to a lot of the other things that were out at our store. You know, you couldn't grab one of everything. You sort of had to pick. And uh, far and away, it was probably one of the nicer products that was out there. Yeah, it's glossy and gosh, the artwork. Uh, the whole art direction of Starfinder is just great. I think one of my fa- one of my favorite parts of the First Contact product is the Space Goblin section. Yeah, and, and it's just a fun little picture of this silly goblin, but he has this you know glass helmet, space helmet with crack, and he's got two little band aids on it. I'm like, <laughs> it's just it's just goofy and fun that you expect from from Paizo. They Hey, this is a game. Games are meant to be fun. So, but it's also beautiful art and just the entire art direction. I love that. So, even before I read anything, I was looking at the pictures and the front cover. It has all the planets, uh, which I thought was was a neat ad because I'm a nerd. Nerds love maps. So, just to have sure. that planet map was great. So, I was really excited and started to go through the. The different details, you know, it doesn't, you you can't play with it. You know, it doesn't have, it's not the core rule book. So, but it does give you a sense on what a stat block will look like for an NPC. And just on how many of these NPCs, you can play them as characters, which is a lot of fun. And and I think it does a pretty good job. There's a little introduction section where they talk a little bit about some of the rules and, um, you know, what to expect when the the final product comes out and uh, the core rule books released. So it is helpful, I think, in that way for people that were hungry for more information about the game. And then, like you said, it's it drops, I think, 11 uh, creatures. Half of them, things you would expect. A space goblin, a space pirate, a security robot guard. Um, and then a few things that I think are new and different. I, I definitely appreciated being able to see those and get an idea of what they'll look like. Um, a lot of the talk has been... Every adventure path in the back is going to have some of those. And then obviously the next wave of Starfinder products is the Alien Archive, which is basically the monster manual or the bestiary for Starfinder, at least uh, wave one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Alien Archive. Man, I can't wait to get my hands on that. Cannot wait. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how much new stuff do you throw in in addition to, you know, obviously there are things from Pathfinder they're going to want to port over. So right. a goblin makes a lot of sense to just call it a space goblin and a pirate makes a lot of sense to call it a space pirate. Yeah. You drop space in front of a lot of Pathfinder stuff and I'm in. 
And like you said, the art in it is uh, stellar, which isn't surprising. Um, in addition to this book, they've done a lot of work on their blog. And um, one of the things they've released is a lot of, uh, for your computer, wallpapers, which uh, just furthers that expectation that the art in this book and this series is going to be really well done. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely, I think looking at uh, Paizo's website, it does feel like eventually this, uh, if you weren't able to go to a shop and pick up a copy, this is going to be available to be downloaded in a PDF form. So if you're hungry for information about the game, it's a nice little pickup. You know, I spent the afternoon kind of reading it, looking through it. Um, didn't learn a ton of stuff, but uh, if you're interested, I think it's worth uh, checking out. For the great price of free. Yeah, definitely. For Awesome. And one of the other things we've noticed that Paizo is doing is since that point in time, there have been a lot of quick, like one hit meetups. So you live in the uh, Twin Cities area in uh, Minnesota. And I think you recently had the chance to attend one of these. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what that looked like and um, who you heard from? Yeah, no, it was um, it was at Barnes & Noble. And publisher Eric Mona was there, uh, man. And it was uh, it was packed for one of these little meetups. They say that they were just expecting a you know a half a dozen. The idea was to run folks through a demo of the game. Oh, uh, okay. So I looked around, and I counted forty two people, but then I got engrossed in the conversation and I stopped counting. So there were at least forty two. Super high enthusiasm and there's general enthusiasm for this game i mean from the drift download numbers for this podcast a podcast about a game that hasn't even been released are great like people are excited about starfinder and you could tell uh in this room except for one guy and it was comedy because i'm sitting off to the side of eric mona pretty close to his left off to eric mona's right so directly across from me that i can see is this one guy that I swear did not laugh the entire time. And Eric Mona has got a good sense of humor. So he's, you know, telling stories, telling jokes. This guy could not be broken. And it started to fascinate me. I'm like, what's up with this guy? You know, he would (laughs) furl his brow and he would squint his eyes. Like everything Eric would say, it was like he's, he's hearing it for the first time. And I'm like, I think this guy is in the wrong place. Like, I don't think he knows like, what Pathfinder is, but he was just great. Like you could not crack this guy. He was not going to smile. Um, even though everyone around him were, was super enthusiastic. And then uh, as I was coming in, I sit down, I, I happened to, I was up front. So there happened to be a seat next to me and an, you know, an older man and a woman, came in and I said, here, ma'am, you can pull up and sit next to me. And she goes, oh, it's fine. Eric's my son. So his mom and dad came to see him. Oh, nice. And it was great. So I'm like, well, hey, Eric, Mona's mom, like, let's chat. This (laughs) this is great. So then I go home and it turns out my wife was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't I tell you, like, I went to high school with him like he's from here and i'm like oh my gosh like that's information (laughs) you should have told me but he did a good job and he is clearly excited about this game and the folks at paizo are clearly excited about this game and the us nerds are clearly excited about this game um i think it's going to have a lot of support and man i cannot wait to get my hands on that core rule book Overwhelmingly, over and over again, the more people you talk to, uh, 
that I've interacted with from Paizo. Everyone is just wholeheartedly behind this effort in this game. And so uh, they were kind of blown away by, you know, how quickly all the spots sold out at Gen Con and, and games that they, it's, um, the interest has definitely peaked. And like you said, I think it was a weekday night, you know, in a Barnes and Noble in the Twin Cities, they drew, you know, close to 50 people. That's a, that's pretty outstanding interest for something that for the most part was just announced on Twitter. I mean, I, right. you know, I don't think there was a whole lot of PR beyond, you know, Twitter and Facebook. So it's really interesting. So you said you showed up and uh, the, the original idea is there'd be a few people and they would maybe get a chance to play. Uh, obviously with 50 people, we couldn't run that many through a game, but did you get to, to see anything in terms of gameplay? Did they do any, uh, anything like that? I did. So the demo that they played through was the one that they've also streamed online. And obviously with that many people. So what they did is they, uh, Eric had everyone roll a D 100. Yeah. The highest, the highest rolls got in there. I rolled a darn 84. I was so I was so close, but I did not. Uh, I did not make the cut. Uh, so I sit there uh, like the little nerd that I am with my notebook and just took notes <clears throat> on the play. And in fact, uh, since you know the demo, it, it wasn't going to be a, a good opportunity to do that. Eric did an extended Q and A, so I actually got to learn much more about the game. Folks got to ask questions. Uh, so I I, uh, I am able to drop a little nerd bombs on you guys. Nice. Uh, in fact, since Nerds on Earth does list of seven, um, I have seven of these nerd bombs, and uh, and you know as you go through, I'll just uh, I'll just break them out as we go. Okay. Awesome. So one of the things that we haven't seen yet, really, from Paizo, all these test plays have basically been. Here's a pre-gen character, you know, take it, run it through our scenario. So what did you get to? I'm sure some of the questions had to be around character creation and that dynamic. Um, what uh, did you get to, to talk at all about that? Yeah. Yeah. In, uh, in great detail, actually. So, uh, so number seven, um, here's how creating the character works. Uh, so if you are creating a character, so you have your, you know, you have your strength, your dex, your con, your typical abilities. Uh, you know, we're so used to, to rolling our D6s, dropping the highest, or doing the point buyer or whatever. So Starfinder, sure, Starfinder does it differently. So you start, every ability has a 10. Okay. So 10s up and down the line. So then the step two, that's step one. Step two is you add and subtract based on race. Okay. So you do your, you know, your plus one strength, your minus one con, whatever it is for the race. That's the step two. Uh, and we've talked about races and the um, the information they've put out about those in a previous episode. Everybody yep. can listen to if you if you are unfamiliar with the uh, kind of core races that Starfinder is going to start with. Yeah, and they make logical sense. You know, your big burly races, you get a plus two on strength, right? But maybe a minus one on. Um, so the step two is you add subtract based on race. Step three, you add a point for your theme. So your your theme, your starship pilot, your whatever whatever your theme is. I think there are ten of those. Um, and then you add for that. That's step three. Then here's what's interesting. The next step is you add ten points to spend straight up. Okay. So you 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 start. 
uh, 10 across the board. You do your pluses and minuses for your race and your theme. And then you got 10 points to spend, which I think is just a lot of fun. And, you know, you aren't going to have your your characters with your dump stats like, hey, I got an eight in charisma, right? Because right. you're starting at 10. <clears throat> you got to spend those 10 points across. Um, and then here's what's interesting as well. After that, when you level up every five levels, you get to increase by four. Okay. So fifth level, you get four points and same rules. You can spend them however you want to. Yes. And uh, except like if it's a, if it's a lower, like if it's a 16 or above, like you get one. And if it's like lower than that, like you get two, I think. So the idea is to like really bring these, these abilities into balance. Um, but I'm like, okay, that's neat. So that's the character. That's the basically character builder. Or they said, you can do it the way you want to, right? <laughs> if you decide, sure, hey, yeah. I want to roll my D6s. Yeah, you want to roll the D6s, drop the low. Yeah, you, you could go to the old old school way. Oh, yeah. Home, home, home brew it. Uh, but in the core rule book, this is their kind of preferred way to, to do this. And I also have another nerd bomb for you, number six. Okay. Which you are totally going to get stoked about is uh, Hero Lab at launch. Oh, very awesome. So Eric Mona said, and he wasn't entirely sure, but he's like, I think they already have the assets. Okay. And they're working on it or they're soon to get the assets. Regardless, Hero Lab, um, they're they're all in. And it's expected that Hero Lab character building integration will be happening at launch, which... Honestly, like I thought I thought I would start crying at that because <laughs> like, you know, we love Hero Lab. Yeah. And if, if you don't know what Hero Lab is, um, Lone Wolf Development uh, puts up a piece of software called Hero Lab. Uh, through it, you can uh, buy different games and have the ability to. I mean, so let's be honest, super nerds that we are, we uh, we sit around with Hero Lab and just make up new characters all the time. All the time. All the time. So if I can't sleep at night, I open up Hero Lab. And I create a new character for Pathfinder. You know, like I go in and I start to play with the, because, you know, like I, if I'm not playing, like I want to be playing, right? So it's my, it's my lonely fun is to make characters. And so right out of the gate, even if, uh, even if we, we can't play every single day, which we'll want to, we can create characters every single day. Uh, Man, that's, that's just fantastic news from the standpoint of, one of the things that I know has been true for me is when I've spent a lot of time making characters in Hero Lab is you start to learn strengths and weaknesses and, and the game better, right? Totally. It, it helps it make come alive of, oh, this guy could do this or this character can have this feat. Or I, I think it's um, for them to be supporting that at, at launch is, um, is going to be really uh, helpful for folks to learn the game quickly. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you learn the rules as you're making those characters and it's fun. Yeah, so fantastic news then. So Hero Lab available hopefully at launch of the game. That's a that's an incredible tidbit for sure. And I guess too, one of the things we talk about is we we do know a little bit about character development just from all the things that Paizo's put out. So we know that there's um, character themes. You had mentioned that before. Uh, things like you can be an ace pilot or an outlaw or a mercenary um, or a priest. Uh, there's I think. Um, uh, over a handful, maybe two handfuls that are different ones. And, and obviously the option to go, they call it themeless. You know, if you want to just be your own thing. 
Uh, each of those sort of has different things that adds to your character, strengthens your character in different ways. I think for us to think about it in terms of, you know, if you've got a certain kind of character you want to play, then one of those fits in, take it and run with it. So yeah, I think that's helpful. Um, I think that they've talked a little bit about archetypes and uh, how those will play into the game. Yep. We don't know a ton about those yet, but I think they're going to be another piece where we're looking at and trying to figure out what is uh what sticks out in the game, you know, what's, uh, what's going to fit there. And, um, and it does mirror, they have the same kind of thing in Pathfinder. Totally. So if you're familiar with Pathfinder, that'll make a lot of sense to you. I, I do worry about for new players, is it overcomplicating the game? Um, we'll see. I, I, I don't suspect it will. I think it'll be a thing. If you want to deep dive and go that way, you can. And if you don't want to, you'll be totally fine in making it another character. Well, Eric Mona said in the development, he's like, listen, if Pathfinder is a 10 in complexity, then think of Starfinder being maybe a six. Okay. So they are trying to simplify it. They're trying to streamline it. But, you know, to the point of archetypes and those sort of things, they also, they learned a ton with Pathfinder. And so they want to put it to use in, in Starfinder. So he talked a lot about the development process, which, um, a lot of folks were curious about, and he was eager to talk about, and he called it, uh, excited terrifying or something like that he was like <laughs> he was like they were all excited but terrified at the same same time um because one thing there are things that you can't change with pathfinder without people freaking out right like the nerds the nerds are a revolt um and so they saw this as a, re- a refreshing and exciting opportunity to make some changes but they also they love pathfinder like and so those lessons that they learned they wanted to bring them forward, but also to take care of the blind alleys that are, you know, Pathfinder in space, which is how do you deal with laser guns, right? Um, so, so they had to change things. And his exact words is they looked for elegant solutions to all those things. Um, and he said it was a challenge, but that's why you gain XP. Okay. So he, he felt like they leveled up us nerds. We seem to like that answer. Um, and it was just a lot of fun to hear him talk about the development, talk about the kind of things that he pushed for in the game that didn't quite make it, that, um, and then how things changed. So it was interesting. They clearly saw this as a labor of love. Yeah, and, and I think it shows up. And, you know, going back to the idea of characters and creation, so there are those things that are just, if you're used to playing a role-playing game, that are out there. Race, class, yep. you know, Um they did a post on if I have a Pathfinder character that I love, how am I going to be able to convert it to Starfinder? And I, you know, the short answer seems to be race will be easy. You know, class is probably going to take a little more work with your your game master, that and friends, and that kind of right. thing. So, um, but then I think the next part of characters that is really interesting is we start to realize in this science fantasy world, technology is going to play a big part. And two parts, right? So, um, guns yep. and cybernetics. So, I think you've got some info on both of those. So, let's talk a little bit about guns. Yep. What did you learn? And, um, you know, what, what should we be looking for and expecting? Yeah, so that guns was actually going to be my number five. Okay. When, you know, the core rule book was there, we all had a chance to touch it and look through it and flip through it. There is this huge two-page spread of guns. 
and he held it up and showed the crowd and there were oohs and ahs and it was just <laughs> a big nerd explosion. And like everyone was so excited. It's like, oh, guns, this is great. And so many options, so many things. Guns kind of level up in a really interesting way in the game. Um, and so they, they, yeah, they really did a good job with that. I mean, they love this stuff. So they're like, we want laser guns. We want shredder guns. We want, you know, grenades. And, you know, they wanted it all in there. And so um, <clears throat> one thing that uh, was pretty interesting in the play test is goblins. And this came out in the, the free thing as well is they have what's called an unstable junk laser. Okay. Because they're goblins, right? They're they're just piecing it together. It's band-aids yeah, and, and chicken wire. And and so if a goblin uh, crit fails, their gun starts heating up and, ex- and it explodes in 1D3 minus one rounds. Oh, wow. And so, uh, and so this happened once in the play test. Eric Mona played it out in the silly goblin voice. And then it explodes. And so it acts like a frag grenade. Um, at that point. So that was, that's another fun little thing. Uh, but it was interesting about the guns and the play test is old habits die hard because most of the play testers, they were pushing to get into melee. I mean, just like you would if you were playing a fantasy themed RPG, right? Sure. Yeah. I got my sword. And I want to run up. And right, it. right. And so I'm sitting here watching them like, what are you doing? Like you have a laser rifle, like but you know it's those old habits. So they were they were moving across the squares to like, hey, can I get in the melee position? It's like, why would you do that? You have a grenade, <laughs> right? And so you know they're obviously melee weapons, and that works. Um, but it is going to be interesting as as you know us nerds start playing it, and we're so used to playing in a certain way. Um, how how is the presence of guns going to change our play style. And I'm excited. Like I'm excited to just sit back and snipe uh, for a while in a, in an RPG. Well, and they've talked a lot about like the guns will continue to level up, which I think is a really cool idea to think about um, as your character grows, your weapon grows and uh, you become more effective with it. You buy nicer pieces, you know, that is, um, I mean, pretty clearly they've, they've taken that idea from like some, video game role-playing games. I mean, there's lots of examples like that. Uh, The one that jumps to mind the most for me is Borderlands. It's the game I put the most time in where you could do all kinds of things to upgrade your guns over time. And uh, so I think that's going to be a really fun dynamic and probably it'll mean, you know, different people take their weapons in different directions and how's that all play out, you know, in terms of your, your character. So that's a, that's really cool to hear. And yeah, definitely I've seen pictures of that, that two two page spread of just lots and lots and lots of weapons. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun. And everybody was so excited about it. So then the next part is cybernetics, right? Yeah. We, if you're going to be in a science fantasy realm, obviously people would figure out how do I l- leverage technology to make me better at what I do. So did you, uh, did you get to see, talk about that at all? He did. You know, there's there's going to be really fun cybernetics, you know, the eye upgrade, the, those sort of things, the STEM packs for constitution, that sort of thing, which are going to be super exciting. And, you know, if you think about fantasy, you think potions and, and that sort of thing. But here was Eric Mullen's exact quote. He's like, here's a thing that will freak you out. And his answer was, you can only have two magic items in Starfinder. Whoa. So each character is limited to two magic items. 
And he didn't elaborate much more than that. It talked about, well, what are the magic items, that sort of thing. So there's going to be magic. You can have magic items, but you're limited to two. But what they're going to do is, you know, focus more on these augmentations, the cybernetics, those sort of things. Um, and as part of that, there's some interesting new rules, like there's new rules for encumbrance. Um, so encumbrance works differently or you don't really have encumbrance. I forget exactly what the, um, so to handle all this gadgetry and gear that you're carrying, they have what's called a bulk point. Okay. So like 10 tiny little items equals one bulk, right? And then you can like certain characters can carry like four bulk or five bulk or whatever. Okay. So it sort of scales around strength and size probably. Totally. But you don't have this fiddly little stuff like, Hey, this weighs a half a pound or, you know, like, you know, in Pathfinder, <laughs> yeah. it's like you got your rucksack and you, you know, your hempen rope versus your, you know, your hooded lantern and your pittens and all those sort of things. So, yeah, there's a reason that the bag of holding is the thing that DMs always give to every party. Totally. Totally. So they just have simple encumbrance rules, bulk. So 10, 10 small items equals one bulk. You can carry so much bulk. Um, but then they talk more about this. Uh, one thing that he said specifically are there are lots of armor upgrade slots. And I'm like, dude, that's rad. Like, I'm in. Like, I don't know what that means, but I want it. Uh, so there's lots of armor upgrade slots, uh, but you are limited to two magic items, um, you know, different encumbrance. So they, they're definitely thinking about how to customize your characters, customize all sort of thing through like augmentation, cybernetics, gadgetry, that sort of thing, which is just fun. I'm so excited about that. Well, and it just opens the the possibilities, right, that you can do so much more with a character. Totally. You know, there's all, all these different little – I mean, like we're nerds. We like to fidget and tweak and, you know, what if I do this and that and that kind of thing. It, it would uh, – I think that's going to play really well over the long haul as um, people play characters into higher levels. Mm-hmm. All right, so gun cybernetics. We talked about race and class. We talked about the Pathfinder character. You know, the idea of porting it over. Um, did you guys get to talk at all about one of the things that I've seen pop up over and over again is um, people that are familiar with Pathfinder and really love the magic part of that game. You know, the spells that kind of thing have heard and um, in Starfinder that spells are going to cap out at level seven and it. Um, it Seems to be freaking people out a little bit. Yep. Yep. Um, so did he talk at all about that? Is that a, a, a is that a question maybe that he heard? Yeah, it was briefly. There weren't a lot, whole lot of questions on that, but there were a few. Uh, first of all is magic's magic. So there's no arcane casters versus divine casters versus, you know, the different kind of casters that you'll have in Pathfinder. Magic's magic. Gotcha. And then... He said, yeah, they cap out at level seven. And and his words were, I wouldn't say there will never be a ninth level caster, but we'll stick with these classes for a year or two. Okay. So basically it's a it's a business decision, right? Like they gotta they gotta hit the core. This is the core rule book, not the advanced Starfinders player's guide. Right. They're gonna see how this does, see how the game is shaping up. And then he is excited and all the Starfinder team is excited for more bucks. Um, but they want to stick with the, these classes for a year or two. Well, and I think the proof positive that they are excited is um, 
In the last couple of weeks, uh, on Paizo popped up the ability to have the Starfinder subscription. Yeah. Which means, um, if you're and not I subscribe Paizo, to everything. Yeah. If you're not familiar with Paizo's system, you can subscribe and basically they'll send you every new product. So, yep. you know, you can pick your game, Pathfinder, uh, in this case, Starfinder and say, send me all the Starfinder things. Um, and you get it. And also, I think one of the cool things they do in that program is, uh, you get a PDF. Yep. Of the uh, the same item. So physical copy, uh, you know, digital copy, that's a, it's a pretty cool investment. So if you're really excited about Starfinder, that would be a great place to kind of jump in and um, make sure you get all the new stuff as it comes out. Yeah, I subscribe to every single little thing. <laughs> yeah. Every, every Starfinder option I could. And then um, he also brought some products with him. He had, um, he had a copy of the GM screen. Okay, yep. It was... Big, beautiful artwork. It was great. He had all the ponds. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of pictures of those. You love your ponds, so you will be able to get your Starfinder ponds. Very cool. Yeah, so he brought a few products that were there just to kind of pass around. Um, yeah, they're going to support it. Yeah, and at launch, a lot of that stuff. Um, I know there's uh, like flip mats, you know, to draw out your yep. your ships, that kind of stuff. And speaking of ships, overwhelmingly, one of the things that we haven't seen a lot of in the test play, we've heard some discussion about, is um, is ships. I, I can't imagine that he didn't field some questions about spaceships and how all that is going to work in Starfinder. Oh, baby. This is this is numbers three, two, and one. Okay. On, on my list are ships. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone had questions about ships, were excited about ships. He was excited about ships. Uh, mainly, this is the thing that's new, right? Like, these are the whole brand new rules that they have for, for Starfinder, right? So, a lot, of the, a lot of the other rules are, you know, similar to Pathfinder maybe. But Starship stuff, that's all brand new. And so, uh, it was exciting to, uh, to hear him talk about that. Um, one thing, one... Not talking about the big starships. One question was like, "Hey, can you have like personal ships? So, like in Star Wars, can you have a speeder?" He was like, okay. "Totally." There's a few in the book already. There's uh, there's little speeders. There's a little jet cycle. Um, there's one. There's a goblin junk cycle. Nice. And so every character when they start out, they start out with a thousand credits. So not a thousand gold. A thousand credits. The goblin junk cycle is four hundred and twenty-five credits. Okay. So you can buy it out of the gate if you want to. Like if you don't want to have armor, like if you'd rather have a goblin junk cycle. Um, so they're they're getting folks into a, even a like a little speeder quickly if yeah, if they a want little to. starter starter vehicle. Totally. One thing that was not in the book are mechs. And Eric Mono's like, oh, but they will be one day. Okay. So there are also those things. One person asked uh, a question about the starships. Uh, just about the rules of the starships is um, he's like, so are there rules for like personal individual combat? So in other words, like, can your, can your starship take a strafing run? Okay. And, uh, and he was like, nope, there are no rules for that. Um, And they actually argued about that on the development team. Like, Hey, like we should totally have rules for a strafing run. Uh, but basically, it's like if you're a person going against a starship, like you're obliterated, right? So yeah, like, you lose. Like, yeah, like roll, like roll forty five d sixes. That's the damage. Um, so 
there are no individual combat rules, but there are boarding rules. So, oh, interesting. There, there are uh, specific rules for boarding actions. So, when a ship is disabled, opposing ships get to board at advantage. So, they talked about that. Uh, talked about those sort sort of ships um, and the rules, which I think was a lot of fun. Um, in terms of ships, you can upgrade them. So you can upgrade your med bay. Uh, you can get an upgrade on your guns. Uh, you know, sort of like the cybernetics for characters, your ship is almost like the unofficial character of your party, and you can upgrade it as you go, which I thought was pretty fun. And then in 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 terms of the adventure path, which is another product that comes back, um, one guy, uh, and he had a T-shirt that said, uh, bean, bean and bacon. Yeah. And so Eric Mona was like, uh, bean and bacon in the back, question. And so... Uh, so being a bacon, ask about the adventure path, like what's in there. And so basically it's going to be, uh, be an adventure, a couple, one or two articles, uh, one or two additions to the alien archive, but every single one will have a new starship. Nice. So every, every edition of the adventure path will have a new starship. So that's a really smart way for them to be constantly growing their catalog, you know, of ships, of races, aliens, creatures, you know, and honestly, it makes the adventure path more valuable, I think, for at least starting out. I mean, one of the things right now we've talked about, you know, if you're jumping into Pathfinder, there's this backlog of adventure paths that you've got lots of ways to start and jump in. Whereas with Starfinder, if you're here at the beginning, there's going to be, um, you, you know, there's a limited amount of what they can put out and how fast they can put it out. Yeah, you know, it'll, be, it'll it, be a little lean. Yeah, have it be first. good. So. Understandably so, yeah. Cool. Any uh, any more info on ships? Yeah, so minis. We talked about minis. Ninja Division has the license to do to do miniatures for ships, and they're going to be just shortly after uh, the book release at Gen Con. Okay. Um, so obviously they're going to have character minis. They're going to have um, two iconic character sets. Okay. Uh, so they're not blind packs. I think you can you can choose, but uh, Ninja Division is also going to. Uh, release three packs of ships, so a ship three pack, and so each pack will have uh, a fighter, a frigate, you know, like a Millennium Falcon size, and then sure, a capital, yeah. capital ship. Okay. So there'll be ship progression as your as your party levels, as you level, as you gain more credits, you can upgrade your individual ship, or you can get bigger ships. And man, everyone was just nerding out about that. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like I've, I've waited my entire <laughs> life for this. Yeah, you you love your mini, so this is in your wheelhouse for sure. And I love starships. This is fantastic. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to buy every single one of them. Yeah, I expected nothing less. <laughs> uh, did you did you guys get? I, I doubt he did any combat. Did he talk at all about ship to ship combat? No, not much, uh, other than like the boarding rules and that sort of thing. Uh, the play test didn't have any any com- uh, ship combat. It was essentially uh, just the the adventure yeah. where, hey, here's a disabled ship, you you board it, right? And it got right into right into the individual character combat. Like what happens from there? Okay, yeah. 
Well, all right. Were there any things on your your top seven that we missed here? No, that's it. That's it. That's that's what I had to. Uh, there there are a few little things. Uh, you don't confirm crits. Okay. If you crit, you crit. Which probably is a gameplay that speeds up gameplay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Makes it, it go faster, quicker. It, it went a little went a little quicker. Now in the in the play test, it didn't go fast, mainly because folks were a little unsure. But I I could see how it was how it was designed to be to be a little faster. Yeah. Um, the AP will end at levels like twelve to fifteen. They're not quite sure. Um, yeah, probably still mapping that out as stuff. Yeah, they're still written. mapping it out. So they have. Um, he said that they have a really solid. They they know what books are releasing in twenty eighteen, right? Okay. Um, they have a fairly good idea in twenty nineteen and no idea in twenty twenty. Yeah, somebody who's done some work in publishing that that time frame makes sense to me. You kind of always know what's a year out. You got a pretty good idea what's two years out, and you got speculation on three years out. So, yeah, and so that seems to be where they are. Which is, a, I mean, gosh, to think about they're launching this new game and they, you know, have that that much of a roadmap out in front of them. I think is really awesome. Yeah, yeah, they got to have a future book with Max, right? Yeah, absolutely. Would uh, wouldn't you love to be a part of the team testing that stuff? Seriously, seriously. And the final thing I'll add is uh, there are dragons in space. Yes. All right. So I think that's a, an exciting thing to think about, right? Um, one of the core things of the fantasy world is going to exist in uh, in Starfinder as well. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. They're like, these things are fun. They're going to be in Starfinder. All right. Well, I mean, we've talked about it. We know the uh, the core rule book's going to be released at Gen Con August. Um, Gen Con's August, I think, 20th is the last day of that. Um, Venture Path comes out around that same day. If you've got the Paizo subscription, I'm sure that it will be hitting pretty quick. It is available for pre-order. Amazon, I'm sure your game shops, local game shops can order it as well. So uh, if you're excited as about Starfinders, we are. There are definitely some ways to be planning ahead to kind of be here and uh ready to go at the launch so yeah i'm stoked absolutely all right well i mean that's great uh so if you're not following paizo on um on twitter i would encourage you to um maybe you'll get to go see kind of what clave got to see which is you know a a test run a launch get to ask some questions um maybe you can touch a core rule book before it comes out (laughs) it's a wonderful experience (laughs) <laughs> um, all right. Well, Clay, we always close every episode with other than Starfinder, what's something that uh, you're nerding out about right now? Oh, man, that is a question I was not prepared for. If you want to <laughs> double the length of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> hey, right, I mean, something <laughs> right. We're always around. So, you know how like I'm always whining about how busy I am. So I uh, all of my fun stuff is just stacking up, but I'm looking over at my you know, if I ever have free time, here's what I'm going to be nerding out on. And I just have this stack of, I'm looking at the massive uh, comic book by Brian Wood that, uh, uh. that I haven't caught up on, but I really want to, I have a, uh, a Jim butcher, um, Harry Dresden, Dresden files book. I love those books because they're just dumb fun. They're just great yeah. summer reading. Um, I have the latest pathfinder tales, book 
by Howard Andrew Jones. And I love Pathfinder Tales. And what's great about that is, you know, it's set in the world of, of Galarian. So great Pathfinder stories, but they, they're standalone. So you can jump into any Pathfinder Tales. And just like Galarian, there's a flavor for everything. You can jump in wherever you want to um, and jump into those books. And so online, I've been uh, hitting the Paizo folks. I'm like, when are we going to get the Starfinder Tales books? Because we need some Starfinder fiction. Uh, so those are kind of the things that are on top of my, if I had free time, I would read these things. <laughs> well, and always, uh, I mean, uh, so The Drift is a, uh, a podcast of nerdsonearth.com. So if you like nerdy things and you are always wanting to... Uh, to explore and scratch that itch, we encourage you to come back. We've got several years of back content. We're releasing new stuff all the time, and um, we're pretty uh, we're pretty nerdy, as you can tell from the podcast. And I'm uh, excited about it. One of the things I think we value as a website is, uh, you know, we're we're unabashedly enthusiast for things, right. and uh, and excited about that. So if you've uh, if you've only found the drift through uh, podcast. Uh, we encourage you to check out our uh, our website as well. So, well, Clive, thanks for that report. Uh, great information. I think things that are moving us rapidly more and more as we get closer and closer to release date, we're getting more and more information about Starfinder. And um, I know for you and I, our enthusiasm just continues to grow. Totally. I, I it's getting to the point where it's unhealthy. <laughs> so uh with that we'll uh we'll wish everybody well we'll be back again in two weeks as we move closer and closer towards uh the launch of starfinder thanks everybody later nerds you've been listening to the drift a starfinder podcast presented by nerds on earth our theme music is a product of our amazing audio engineer andrew danielson you can learn more about his work at danielsonsound.com Next time, more news as we move ever closer to the August release of Starfinder.